what I will say is uh, we can't afford not to record. Dang it, I said before that we want a topic before. We'll talk about family, man. We just got back from a funeral. I don't like talking about family. <laughs> Especially right after a funeral. That was that was a tough funeral, though. That was that was crazy, though. It was a surreal because we didn't expect. I didn't expect that. Even though we knew she was terminal, I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, yeah. Because she's always been like full of life and like the life of the party. Yeah. I don't know. Coming in again. I, I think I gotta agree with Sean. What? Like starting this off with this talk about family after a funeral does seem like a really weird way to well, kick off. Well, think about how it started off. The day? Yeah. Like the the funeral, it was a very sad moment. But Granted. we ended it. We ended it with a repass. So we got together. Like even at the gravesite, we're we're talking with family members. And where it, it becomes more of a celebration of life rather than a funeral. Well, and I, I think the South is pretty good at doing that all the way around and turning these things into celebrations of life. And we stick to that pretty well. Um, do you want to describe who our family is on the Moore side? If we're going to talk about family? How do you mean? Like, like I, I think we, we have we have a pretty unique family on our side. Like with the fact that our dad had what five brothers, four brothers, yeah, um, and a sister, and then like a host of adopted siblings that like apparently grandmother would just you know look after other people's kids. Yeah. I mean, do I need to put on But I think that's just who, that's that lineage. That's not who the family is. I, 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 I don't know. Bringing a listener in, if I was to pop this open and go, we're going to talk about family. We do our best Vin Diesel. It's all about family. <laughs> and we, there's nowhere to go, I think, on this conversation. Is there? This is why you were like, hey, let's come up with a topic first. I was thinking that, yes. Um, I will say, can't speak for my wife, but I know she really likes the Moore side of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds them to be very down to earth, um, very approachable, um, which I think I sometimes get lost in. Uh, you know, on the other side of our family, tends to little, get a little more heady. And, um, it's not as personal. They talk about politics and uh, religion. All those things you shouldn't talk about. <laughs> now, who is this you're talking about? Uh, just the Hawkins Young side of the family versus the Moore side of the family. I think the Moore side of the family is a lot more just relational. They're, uh, I mean, really? I feel like yeah. there's a lot of politics on that side, too. Mm-hmm. But then again, I bring politics in everything. <laughs> so it might just be me personally. Our, our politics are like-minded, though. We don't argue about politics. We don't argue about anything. Well, we argue about anything, <laughs> but 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 uh, most times we're like on the same side of the fence with politics. A lot of the times, like I've never come into this house and been like, and and seen have somebody be like, well, I'm pro life, and I don't believe in, you know, 
uh, abortion at all completely. Whereas, you know, I've never heard any extremes out of this, any household in our family, on this side of, of my family, of the Moors. Now, we do have an uncle who claims to be a Republican as often as he can. Which one is that? Doug? Yeah, but I'm saying like I, I don't I don't see it. Which one we do have one. I no. do see it. No, I don't I know think, I don't know why we all take it as a joke. I think he votes his interest, which I think all of us do. And I would certainly vote for a Republican if that Republican was in my interest. I think I think Have you ever? Fiscally conscious. Have I ever voted for a Republican, not on a national ticket, I've not. I've absolutely voted for Republicans on local tickets. And on state tickets. I, th- I feel like Virginia, you don't... You you better vote for the Republican that you... I mean, I feel like Virginia, you don't, almost don't have a choice. It's like the one Republican you favor, most Republicans in Virginia are going to win. Like, how many Democratic... I, I mean, we are, we're, we're a purple state. Yeah. We're very red. And when Obama came in, he really turned us hard purple. I think we had a little bit of inkling during the Clinton years, but Obama turned us hard purple. Perriello, probably the first local kind of congressional campaign that That's I was good. like, I like this guy. Um, but you're right, for the most part, this county as a whole is very Republican. Yeah. So you gotta like find the Republican you actually like. I think we and like that, our uncle. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's not but running. But we don't agree with him because. Is, is he running? For anything? Our uncle or the Republicans? Is he a politician though? No. He doesn't. So then, but, doesn't make a difference. I think it does. Because I, I take him sincerely when he expresses his views, but I think mainly from the standpoint of he has money, he has land, and he doesn't want it taxed. I think it's a very, like... It's about the money. A, a very, yeah, it's a very targeted very thing that capitalism. speaks to him, and I think that's true for a lot of folks, particularly in the county. That's why I don't... I, I don't... No, no, I'm have sorry. against the Republican? I feel like Uncle Doug... Does stuff just to we're, we're just names. to fuck with people. Yeah. yeah. If he is Republican, he ain't gonna say he's a Republican. Yeah. If he's a Democrat, he ain't gonna say he's a Democrat. What he will do, he will fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. So whatever you've just said you are, he's gonna be the opposite yeah. for us in this conversation. Yeah. I can see that. But I think that is that is also a very more trait. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a more brother trait. Uh because this is also this is the second uh, oldest son you know our dad is the third oldest and I think he does a lot of stuff to mess with his brothers yeah yes like dad was proud of that lawnmower he went out and got <laughs> I never like, I never like, saw him like his head go down so fast as when Doug was like oh you ain't got that big motor though yeah you ain't yeah. got the, the big motor that's another five thousand dollars yeah and your dad went from being the happiest man, <laughs> oh, man. and he was I remember that day man we were about to go out to eat and he whipped out that lawnmower because he was just so proud 
He was the proudest, happiest man to jump on his zero turn. And Doug came out and just defeated him in 30 he sure did. 10 that's, seconds. That's tough to He's like, oh, I see you got, oh, that's only got 35 horsepower. Mm-hmm. I got the 50. Huh? You, you, can't, you can't get this yeah, in a shot. that's another $4,000. <laughs> I didn't waste my money on that. This yeah. isn't a commercial lawnmower like you got there, buddy. <laughs> You know, my, my father, he can't. You went out and bought a, that 740i BMW. And I think it was just to compete with his brothers. <laughs> and then he got it, and he's like, man, this is too much technology for me. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is a, 2000 on, sport. This is a 2014. And it's too much technology for you. <laughs> my God, man, you ain't really going to have a hard time getting out of that 1998 TL. Man, man he drove that, that accurate. He's kept, still driving. Man, like. I feel like he's totally repaired, like replaced every part in the vehicle. I I feel like he's got anxiety over getting another car. Yeah, because he he bought another car and then just he like he gave it it out. He leased it out (laughs) to his neighbor. Just to tie this back in. Oh gosh, that's the kind of family we are. You're the son of the eldest. I'm the I'm the only one in the Northeast as well too, and and you know what people up there, they don't expect my character to come out because they're used to dealing with people that are standoffish and quiet and to themselves. And I'll ask a person how they're doing, like I know them, and I get that from this this area and being in this part of Virginia. The people in Virginia Beach, all my people's in Norfolk and Newport News. I love them to death, but they're not like, there's no other place I know of that are this friendly or this big on hospitality as Southern Virginia is. There's Roanoke, Rocky Mount, Pinhook. I love this area. If I could, I would move here, but I can't. We're working on it. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. I think my wife has got to kick the bucket, and my kids have got to graduate <laughs> high school. Man, that's a hard well, turn. I, I do not I hope that you move here. I, I would not yeah, want that. I, I, gotta I would never want too. that, but I, I would mean, not. I adore my wife. you want but it. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> now you putting that on there. <laughs> you ever been looking at a bottle of whiskey and pills and just think if only I could get my wife to take this <laughs> no no man no no that was a joke shit. not even my joke it was shit, a joke shit no man I felt like his ass whooped for saying something like that <laughs> okay well I, I think the topic has emerged yes it's gotta be a marriage marriage club meeting oh, so there's God. four married guys here at this Ooh. table right yeah, various know, stages of marriage. I've been married twice. I, this episode can just be shooting the shit because we smoking cigars, drinking beers, drinking beers. Had a little shot of, of, of whiskey. I did. I did want to finish that last thought on tying it back. All right, tie it back. We started off mentioning our dad. Get on the mic. Four other brothers. Yes. So there's a very male dominant aspect to our family, and I think as Dad pointed out earlier, girls. They will talk about how they're feeling and their intuition. Guys tend to compete. And that is a lot of what's happening. And so the loss today for me with Cindy is there's very few female intuitive, like, recognize, hey, we have to take action to bring the family together. Yeah. Like, so there's... Yeah, there's a big missing gap. The last three Thanksgivings, I feel like Cindy was the one who organized it. She's the one that reached out to me and asked to make sure I got there. Like, 
it is. Like, right off the bat, I was feeling the loss. Even when Richie was like, hey, we got to get back up. I was like, ah, because we kind of lost an anchor here. Uh, and it does. It feels like direct because Aunt Diane's the only only aunt that didn't marry in. And then Cindy's her daughter. So it's like we've lost grandma. We've lost Cindy. It, you're right. It, it's this loss of this female connection. That's terrible. I mean, we need somebody to give us directions. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good floor. Because just waiting on our directions. And, direction and she and was good like, at that. Like, taking the lead and just be like, hey, I need you to do this. You need to do this. Yeah. I saw that, and I wasn't even around that much. Oh. Do you see that same thing in the next generation of girls? Because although we were a very masculine generation, our parents, us... The next generation is heavily female. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, man? <clears throat> the way technology is, I have faith in our next generation because they are already communicating with each other. <laughs> like, the fact that my son has played Fortnite with, with Chris's kids in Delaware. Yeah. And he he contacts uh, his cousin in Alaska all the time, Greensboro. Um, I think just recently... They started like a, a next generation more chat. <laughs> right. I hope so. I hope so. I do too. You need, and now, if things are in the way, I can mute to get that. But so we can't afford up. not to record. Well, we can't afford not to record, <laughs> but I can shut one or two mics down as we move along. Yeah. Just keep it, keep it moving. So in that instance, we've got two female cousins left on that side. Uh, I, I no, think we can't afford not to record. I think we're going to have to pause. Okay. Hold up, hold up. Good time to pause. <laughs> Mike's going limp. Oh, man. All right. So we can't afford not to record? Uh, call it the uh, uh, Council of the Cousins here. Of the Midnight Society. Minus Kelly and Champ. So we'll, we'll have to get them in later. And then once the male cousins figured out, we'll call Shayla and Nita in and get it completely polished off. So we'll get all the foolishness out the way with the male cousins. <clears throat> I would like to write a book called What I Wish White America Knew from Black People. Hmm. First thing I'd like to say is I've been black most of my life, right? All of it. But it has only been the last 10 years that I've been invited to become white. What? Oh, can you turn that off? Turn, which turns off? I can't hear nothing. Out your headphones? Yeah. Two, three, four. You're not plugged in. Let me have your cord. Is that it right there? Nope. Oh, this one's you. Did I move over so Sean didn't have to come through all this? There we go. Can you hear yourself now? Yep. All right. It's only been the last couple of years that I've been invited to be white. <laughs> and so here, here's what I was Have say. you really been invited to be white? I or, mean, it's not an official. Yeah, I feel invited. like you've been invited to observe. No, no. I think, I think everybody sitting at this table has been invited. What? All right. What is white in America? The absence of color. It, well, there's a lot of Italian people that are darker than me that get to check white. and Nobody has any problem with it. So, color's not always an issue. There are darker-skinned white people 
But what we also know is when people came to this country, they come in, and if you came from Italy, you weren't white until, you know, African-Americans came in. And now, all of a sudden, Italians and the white population are going after the African-Americans. And we're at a point now where they're saying, hey, there's all these immigrants coming that don't even speak English. Hey, you black people, why don't you join us in preventing this from happening? Okay, yeah, I, I see that. So I feel like we're getting the invitation. Mm, I feel like it's a half-hearted invitation. <laughs> I think all of them were half-hearted. I don't think you, like, it's, Italians it's like, and Jews for millions, you know, for hundreds of years or dozens of years, whatever it was, until they got invited in, and then all of a sudden go, well, now that we like them less... We love you. Come in 100%. No, it's a man. Slow invitation. I feel like it's more like you get to stand in the room. You don't get to, you're I, not you're not sitting at the table with I, this. I, I think that's that's how it starts. Mm. Once you're in the room, you say something smart, you come up with a good idea to keep people out, then they're like, "Hey, yeah, I think come that, on I up think, to the table." A I agree. I think that that's the cost of 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 getting a seat at the table. Is you have to get on board with keeping other people keeping out of the room, right? Because that's all white kind of is. All right, I, I have a hard time uh, being from Delaware, being from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Is that mine? Uh, the whole aspect of racism to me is kind of um, below the line. As far as you mean the Mason Dixon, yeah, because, like literally, because I like, I, I mean, I was married to a white woman. I'm high yellow mm-hmm. Negro, straight up. My my white friends call them, so a couple of them call me Brown Bear, out of love. And I'm I've always been invited to the table. I've been invited to white Thanksgivings, and I've come. And I've I was married to a white woman for 13 years. Her mother loved me. Her father accepted me, even though he was a deadbeat. But that's besides the point. It, I've always had that invitation, and I've uh, I've always come off well spoken, and I sound like uh, Southern Californian from what I've heard people say. I don't sound like I'm from the Northeast. Okay, so I, I think this is where kind of honing in on a definition gets helpful. Mm. Because one of the scary things is the idea of whiteness is not the same as white people or a white person. Okay. And I, I think this is where we're getting. Sean just stepped in. I'm going to fill him in. I would like to write a book, and the book would be what I would like white America to know about the black experience. And the beginning of the book would be that I have been black all of my life, but only recently have I been invited into white, the opportunity to be white, to take advantage of white. And the way I define it. The privilege or? Yeah, I I think so. I think that's where the invitation is starting to be handed out to African-Americans is a little bit of this idea of this white privilege. But the cost, the exchange of taking on that white privilege is somebody has to take our place. And right now, immigrant populations, and especially South American immigrant populations, are the folks we're trying to take advantage of. Are they, though? Because like, it, like, it seems like white people are the minority right now. Like Not yet. Uh, almost, man. Between the Spanish, the black population, like... I can kind of see, at least from my aspect of it all, 
it almost seems like white people are the 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 minority. Well, I, I think white people white has always and they don't been like a that. minority. Yeah, they don't like that. Because someone from Italy does not have the same background as someone from Germany. And so the idea that they can come to America and all of a sudden they're both white doesn't make any sense. That is still an American of Irish descent. That is an American of German descent. They've had different ancestry. They've had different DNA. They've had different adaptations. They've got different customs. They're both not the same people. But as soon as they step on this continent, we all of a sudden smush them together and give them one ideology. Okay. So I think they've always been in the minority. So the idea of whiteness in the United States is about cobbling together a majority out of people who may not necessarily be the same. Is making a false kinmanship. And I think right now, there's this thought of inviting us in. I think us and the Asian population are, are both kind of being courted whoever is going to come over. It would be the Asian population. But do you feel like we're getting full access to the conversation at the table? Because <clears throat> even... not be trusted with it yet. Huh? Okay. Because I, I feel like even, you know, where we're allowed to observe somewhat what's going on in this room, it's... They're giving us what they want yeah, rather right. than... What they actually believe. But I think you also have to be aware, not every person who would be considered white is probably going to have access to the full conversation. So, so mm. what's your take on this? It's a crazy conspiracy theory. It is. I mean, I think there's an established Step power. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I get the idea of saying whiteness, especially in America, is that predominant power structure. I don't know if us being invited push the immigrant status to a lower level because I think immigrant has always been exploited um, and always, you know, been utilized for what it is without inclusion. Um, I don't know who is at the table in this conspiracy because, again, if you break it into socioeconomics, there is a vast majority of us struggling, and none of us are right. at the table getting what we need. Now, I, and I think this is the other scary, scary part, is I don't believe in a conspiracy like, I, I believe in a conspiracy more like George Carlin would believe in a conspiracy. When we say like, they, or this table, I don't think it's an organized table. I don't think there's a group of people who are like, okay, we're the bad people and we're gonna invite these other people in. I think it's people who, in pockets, have power, have wealth, and are figuring out ways to keep their own wealth. And the way I figure it out works, so you see it works, so you start it the same way. And then you see it works and you have power, so you, you use it the same way. So it's not necessarily an organized thing. I, again, I don't believe that there's a lot of malicious or terrible people in this world. <laughs> I think people will work at their interests, and if their interests happen to have a bad effect on other people, sometimes we ignore that. And I think down to all of us, I don't think being black makes you immune to it. I think we're just as susceptible to slipping as a black community into the white privilege and causing the same kind of trouble to whoever ends up underneath us. Especially if we start chasing our own interests. 
the only black people I see invited really to the table is the black host on Fox News, ready to toss liberals under the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Fox table is a tough table to be. Well, Darnell's getting invited because he's not black. He's OJ. <laughs> okay. okay. You have to prove. <laughs> You have to prove you're black, but not that black, in order to get it. It's still prevalent, Like, I saw him on the news, like, I think it was Fox. He was was like, they were interviewing him for something that, just an opinion Like, why? Why would they they go to this guy who they consider a murderer? They know. They consider him a murderer. And And they just think he's a black man that got off. And they still want his opinion. Like He's not valued by the black community. No, no, no he was celebrated by the He was. Because he got off. And, and you know what? I will say, you know why? Thing. I said. Celebrating the fact that a black man uh, beat the criminal justice system. The system. Yep. Money works for OJ the way it works for him. Yes. less about OJ. I think he was good. But I think this same mindset, this same kind of celebration is exactly what we would describe as white power, white privilege, if in the hands of white people. If Trump makes it out unscathed of all these indictments, it's obviously white privilege. Hmm, that's a bold statement. It's obviously white privilege. The first one he, he should make it out of. The first one was which one? The one in New York, which is the, the fraud um, case. The fraud case. Why? Because of uh, historically, we don't put people in jail for that. The Democratic governor John Kerry 
Is it John Kerry, vice presidential candidate? He committed yep. fraud on two hundred fifty yeah. million dollars worth of tax evasion. He did the same thing. He should go to jail. Lauren Lauren Hill went to jail for yeah, tax evasion. She wasn't rich enough. It's more than just tax evasion. What he did is he said he used he campaign fraud. finance funds um, to cover up a story that would that might have damaged the campaign. Hmm. And so it's exact. It's exactly what John Kerry did. John Kerry got no. Time. Now, what did uh, what was it uh, that our governor did? Our governor, who was it was a uh, it was it was uh, before uh, oh, shoot, McAuliffe. I forgot, the, I forgot the governor's name. He um took gifts. He took gifts from corporate execs in exchange for putting things towards the uh, putting his his seal behind things. I don't understand that because I feel like they've been doing that for years. Um, Trump's been doing There's it laws years. against it. But <laughs> yeah. they, they pulled the laws back. So Heath was found guilty, but the Congress has changed their mind. And so a lot of things he was found guilty of has been reversed. Did he ever do jail time? I don't know. He might have because he he was found guilty at first. Like he, They loaned him a Ferrari and they yeah, paid and for his mom's house. And, I, and he had a Rolex or something? Yeah, they gave him. Like, he was like, that's a nice Rolex. And somebody was like, you know, if our bill gets on the floor, you could probably have one. Yeah. And that's what worked out. So, But you know what? I, wasn't that, the, in essence, the same thing that... uh. Jesse Jackson Jr. was doing. Mm-hmm. Jesse Jackson Jr. was trying to sell the seat that his father vacated. Somebody was in the seat and he was a campaign manager yeah. and they had to leave because of health reasons. No, it was Obama's seat. He oh. was, that's right. Obama got sent over and he was like, hey, whoever's got the most money, <laughs> I'll put the put my word behind him getting that seat. And they found out. Jesse Jackson, he and his wife ended up doing jail time. Yeah, but that that's different. Because uh, our governor didn't get anything passed. Mm. He got the stuff in front of people who could get it passed. And then he stepped away. So it would be like somebody saying, hey, look, I'm not allowed in that room. Here's a, here's a Ferrari for the weekend. Why don't you take this paper in that room? Oh. And then you go, okay. That's what he did. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, <laughs> honestly, that's how uh, this works. We a little paper. This is as far as I can take this little piece of paper. Why don't you just take this piece of paper over here? Yeah. I can take that piece of paper over here. That's, that's what he did. <laughs> Thank you for the Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what our governor did. And, that, and that's different than what Jesse Jackson did, which was like, hey, I got this open seat. Bidding starts at 50000 50001 50,002. <laughs> so it was, it was it was two different things. A lot of people are uncomfortable with all of it. Um, regardless, he breaks the law. It's a felony. If it's a felony, he's facing 90-something felonies. What, 94? 94. But that one is a hard one to prove because you have to prove politicians are allowed to take their It's money. already been like, he's already been found guilty, essentially, by the judge. And, and they had the opportunity. Judge. This is a different judge. This okay. The, the one in Fulton County is is throwing the book at him. The one in D.C. I'm is talking about really throwing the book at him. And we're talking the one about in Trump? New York in Trump. Yeah. Okay. So Trump's so. In, in four different states cases. <laughs> and, and he's got a gag order on him. Yeah, because he's threatening judges. So, so a gag order, and he's still Trump threatening judges. Yo, with a gag order. Robert McDonald. Getting- 
Bob McDonald. Bob McDonald. Bob McDonald and the Ferrari. Yep. Uh, with yeah. a gag order, Trump mm-hmm. is still getting more publicity than any of the Republican candidates and probably the Democratic candidates. Yeah. What oh, bothers and, me. And still and, leading in oh, he's gonna be poll leading. predictions. Oh, he's, he's probably. Uh, Chris, you showed me a, a, a feed earlier where you were thinking, you know, fraud is fraud. If you see fraud, you should call it out. And in response, folks said, well, Biden has some stuff against him, but he got off. The idea that we're at a point right now is not the the idea that our country thinks that the two top runners are full of fraud and that's the best we can do. That is what I'm disgusted by. Like, these are the oldest white men we've ever had as our front runners. Now I ain't got nothing against no old white men. I'm I'm Bernie Sanders all through and through. (laughs) That was my old white man. (laughs) I, I think that gets to be a big part of the problem is America has rooted for several old white men. I think that would have um, cross party lines. Yes. Bernie Sanders, I think Republicans would have voted for Bernie Sanders. But Ron Democrats Paul, didn't because they said it was Democrats would have voted for Ron Paul. I would have voted for I don't like all the things Ron Paul does, but he is very even handed in how he does them. So the same way he would vote no on my taxes and spend that I love as a Democrat, he's also going to vote no in terms of getting Roe v. Wade overturned. He's even-handed. Again, his age became a topic, though. His age is a topic because... I don't hear us talking about the age of Trump and Biden Biden as our two possible Democratic and Republican electees. I just, I don't know how the idea that we're debating which one is the most fraudulent is not... Making us look in other directions. Yeah. Okay, because we did go from the youngest presidential president to the oldest. Yeah, this this is this is all our fault. But <laughs> it's not our fault. It's, it's not, not our fault. Very it's the much media. It is not. Twisted uh, media. These are four of us did not oh. vote for Trump. I didn't vote for yes, Biden. Yes, we did. In the primaries, I didn't vote for Biden. We all we voted, voted for Trump. Trump. No, when I'm we talking about the primaries. Half term senator, we voted for Trump. As far as Biden goes? No, as far as Barack Obama. Barack Obama's the reason we have... He was a half-term. He did eight years. No, he did a half-term as a senator before we elected him president. (laughs) Oh, man, that's fine. He did... Man, did two years. But you almost almost had to. Right. Because they couldn't use his record against him. And so, what's better than half-term as a senator? No term as a politician. Oh, okay. That's how we ended up with Trump. Okay. Is the Democratic Party said, we will take a clean person with no record... And then the Republicans said, well, you think that's a clean record? Wait till we show you this guy. He never voted on anything. Now, it's our fault. I will say I went in optimistic with Trump. Because I was like, hey, this guy's going to drain the swamp. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how, how much of his, of his uh, I did, I did, election campaign went to jail? Like, they, he had so many staff members go to jail. Yeah. They was falling like they, flies. It was, he made a swamp. He brought his own swamp. I'm going to pull the Uncle Doug here and defend Trump. Okay. Because Trump did not screw up as bad as Democrats said he did until he screwed up really, really bad. What? Say that again. For the first three years, Trump did not mess anything up. We had 187 months of continuous economic growth. The country was still moving in a positive direction. We all had jobs. He had an $8 trillion. He did. But, but these were all policies that, that were put in place by 
Barack yeah, Obama. It was still still Obama stuff. But in exchange for that eight trillion, we got a space force. We increased. <laughs> their, we love. We had military, NASA. and we were likely boots on the moon. Have, boots on the moon. We were likely going to have a super parade of military <laughs> in that fourth year too. That <laughs> now that's know, China would have put North Korea to shame. So I don't know what space forces uniforms were going to look like, but they were going to be fly by that fourth year. I heard they were accepting over forty two. I was going. Yeah, I'll just jump into space force myself and get me some of that $40 million over budget. <laughs> but Trump had not ruined anything, but Democrats were talking about Trump as if he had committed election fraud. I agree. Because he had no ethics. Uh, well, we thought that, but it, and now a lot of Republicans are going out saying, listen, you talked about the man like a dog, so he decided to be a dog the last term. Now, a question. Do you feel like... The whole term. They were headhunting him from the get-go. Who? Democrats. Absolutely, because that's what politics does. I don't know why anybody's surprised at that. Like, when people are like, they hated Trump from the beginning. I'm like, politicians are supposed to hate each other. Is from the beginning of our country. No, We've had politicians shoot each other. And you're going to tell me all of a sudden you're surprised that politics is dirty? If you can't compete with an opposing party, how are you going to fight another nation? Politics, yeah, they went after him from the beginning. But the populist, we the people, we're supposed to be distracted doing our everyday thing, and we didn't. We got out there and we marched against the man, and we complained against him as if he was the worst thing ever. And he wasn't until he was. He, he just did two detrimental things to me. There's only two things Donald Trump did wrong that I see as a problem. The election? Yeah. And he hosted COVID. the most corrupt election in American history. Yep. And he let COVID loose on the United States. <laughs> yeah, he definitely let Other than that, he didn't do a bad job. Hmm. Oh, well, he went on record saying this. I, I, on record. Him and China had it under control. I he, just want to put that He said that in his State of the Union. Hey, me and China, I listened to that State of the Union, didn't pay any attention to it because I didn't know there was a virus coming out of China. Obama did. Obama put together a pandemic team. And the first thing Trump did was dismantle it. But he dismantled it out of incompetence, to be fair. Man, never. That doesn't make no. <laughs> you don't have background in politics. Incompetent and president but of the United we States. But we That's also what have we to elected. go back. That's we what they elected. We go back and give George Bush. George Bush was reading about the possibility of a pandemic and created the pandemic response opportunities. Oh, wow. Yes. Kudos to Bush. Yes. He is the reason that W W W George W was reading a book. Number one, remember how we used to dog George Bush's intelligence was reading. No, a he's book. a bright guy. George he Bush is. was a d- and he was personal. Junior, Junior, he was w. Junior. Like we're talking w. about Junior. We're talking w. about Junior. W. Yeah, w. Junior was a bright guy. He, I can't put him past him like that. But he wasn't. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I was a child when he was a president. The only thing I didn't dislike about him was he sent a a, a truckload of broccoli. Out of the White House because he didn't like Brock. We weren't children because that, <laughs> that was that was I was in, that was Bush Senior. Yo, Bush you're, senior. you're talking about Senior. Oh, that was because we because I Brock Bush now. was the first uh, presidential right. election I, I actually voted like in. You voted for Bush? No, I didn't vote for Bush. I voted for John Kerry. No, it was um, Al Gore first. Al Gore, the first Al Gore yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't that was my first presidential election. I was. Three hours away yeah. from my my polling place, yeah. I had we had to get a rental, get a car. rental car and drive in and vote. Yep, that's terrible. Y'all had to drive three I, hours. But we were excited, man. 
Like, this that's, is my first election. I've just terrible. turned 18. That's a terrible thing to say, though, man. You got to drive three hours to go vote somewhere. Uh, it was exciting. <laughs> so so what? They, everybody in, in this country should have the ability to drive 15 minutes. Should have the ability to drive 15 minutes. I think, you know, I, to vote we could have. Hours. We could have. We could, pro- we could have done uh, early voting. Yeah. We could there have were, done absentee ballot. We, but I we wanted to. Voters. Yeah, also, I wanted we, to. I, I wanted to go to a polling place. And vote for my president. What do you say? I didn't know anything about midterm elections then either. Here's my suggestion we put a poll tax up. If you do not vote, you get charged $150 every time. They're trying to to make it harder for millennials. Tax everybody that does not vote. Why? Because they don't vote. They they they, They can't vote down the tax. This is like free money. Just a way of encouraging voters. Uh, well, let's get money from people who aren't going to vote. I don't, I don't, know, I don't agree with that. Why not? I don't think people should be penalized for not voting. Yeah, I don't think but so But the either. rest of us are penalized if they don't vote. Yeah, but that, but that's their right. That's yeah. the, the freedom of this country. Now, now it's the to me, to I choose think... Now, who. They can go in the polling place and say none of the above. Write in a blank. No. But if you don't vote, no, you should charge have the, you. You should have the freedom to not vote. You should have the freedom to I not agree. have a religion. You should have the freedom to... You know, I, I know not, there's, there's a lot of freedoms in this country, though. That's what we're proud of. And, and I, th- I think that everybody should have the right to vote. Even those incarcerated, they should be able to vote. How about people who don't have status as Americans? I don't think, I don't know about incarcerated. I think um, after serving your time. I don't think be people should be denied citizenship. Oh, so you're saying while while they're in prison? No. No. Why, they why not? Out? Okay. Why, well, they, they've committed enough crimes to... To be penalized of that right, uh, I don't think that right should be taken away from you. Mm. Uh, uh, a lot of your rights are taken away once you've. I don't. I, th- I don't think voting you. should be. I think once you serve your time, I can see you being able to do it. Particularly after the war on drugs, I have to agree. Like, there's a lot of incarceration that was due to bad policy. And yep. I don't think. I, I don't think it's that huge of an electorate, but I think. I think it's a citizen right. Yes. I think some of you have to think about who to incarcerate. What? Is right now... You think pedophiles are going to get together and decide to... <laughs> I don't think there are many pedophiles. Exactly. So I don't think there's enough that so would I be think, able to get together and decide... I think the idea is you don't want pedophiles to vote... Like, number one, I don't think they're enough of a block to change anything. I just don't believe there are that many people who are. And the second thing is, I think we could carve out niches for those small groups. Like, let's just not let the pedophiles vote. But somebody who got busted for drugs, let them vote still. I I think we can do that. But I also just don't see, it it feels like putting a stop light up where a stop sign is necessary. They're going to keep it pretty broad when it comes to convicts. And felons, and I don't think it's ever going to happen that that convicts are going to be able to vote. I, well, I, think I don't we think have so. To but re- I rethink who convicts are. Why? Why do we have to rethink who convicts are? I mean, we arrest. We might have a former president. I don't think this how is. Many, well, how about the? Okay, so this, this stuff gets crazy. So the yeah. Constitution does list a place where you should not be able to vote, or you should not be able to run for office, and that is if you have committed sedition. So following the Civil exactly. War, they said everybody who tried to overthrow the government. I think that's why can't vote. In the end, the 
Republican candidate it will not be Trump because because states, I think are, it's states, are already, states are already fighting this states are already fighting this and I, I know you guys are in Virginia yeah we are and, and they're heavy into you know blasting out Trump signs and you see it everywhere and so it's almost like implanted in your mind that Trump is going to be the runner up I don't see it because there are democratic states out there that are going to fight for the fact that Trump shouldn't be on the ballot because he was involved in an insurrection. I, I hear you, but America loves an outlaw. Yep. We and and, and that not doesn't just, make a difference. It does. No, it, I'm we, telling you. We I think he's going to be outlaws. He is disqualified. Mm. Per, per, per the Constitution. Mm. I think that's going to come down the pipe, and in in the end, Republicans are going to choose from the pool of candidates that were in the the last couple of debates. That's what it's going to come down to. And I and I asked my Republican friends, "All right, if you're not going to vote for Trump, who are you going to vote for?" And they don't have nothing to say because a lot of them are voting for a candidate that they don't even believe is really a Republican. No, I think that's part of the thing they like about it. Yeah, they love that. I don't think they trust the politics of the Republican Party. They don't trust any politics. They think all all politics are thieves and liars and, you know. But I I guess that's the part that shocks me. Why? Because as a nation full of Christians, most Christians believe humans are thieves and liars it's not a nation and murderers. I don't believe it's a nation full of Christians. I I think there are more Christians than any other country. There's a lot of Catholics, too. And then there's a lot of people that are just atheists right. in general. Catholics feel like they're Catholics Christians. think they're Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, Catholics are on some other stuff, man. <laughs> hey. I, I love some I love my Catholic Christian brothers. stuff. I love my Catholic <laughs> brothers and sisters out there, but they don't they don't share the same values all the time. They don't. But do they share the idea that Christ is the salvation? I'm sure they do. Doesn't that make them a Christian? You would think so. <laughs> How about Mormons or Latter Day Saints? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. A lot of folks believe in Christ yep. in this country. Which I think uh, maybe, yeah. Okay. Christians so recognize believers in Christ. Generally, one of the beliefs in Christ is that the only perfect person is Christ. The rest of us are terrible. Or atheist. Atheists are terrible. Non-atheists. Are I wouldn't terrible. say they're terrible. Who? Atheist. You say they're terrible. I, I Dar- you know, I did That's not Darnell. say they're terrible. Darnell, Darnell says, says as a centerpiece of Christian faith, there's only one good person. Jesus. Everybody else is bad. Okay. I wouldn't say everybody else is bad, but yeah, well, you that, see, that everybody else like falls the short of Christianity. Okay. So if Jesus is good, who else matches that? Nobody, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which means the rest of us aren't good. So this idea now that we're like, well, those Catholics, I'll throw you under the bus, are worse. No, they're not. They're just as they're bad not, as us. I'm not saying they're worse. <laughs> I'm just saying they, they don't always share the same values. Of course not. I believe it's long been thought that politicians... And lawyers are crooked, and oftentimes they're referred they're to as the devil. They are. I mean, they're not all. A lot of people get their law degree and then go into politics. That's. Like, I think there's another level that we have of mistrust of the people who are pursuing politics. You know what the crazy thing is? 
the more I'm studying about the law and, and working towards trying to become a lawyer myself, being a lawyer just means you promise you have read something all the way through before you speak in court. That's it. There's a tremendous amount of intelligence that comes out of practicing law that you have to really be informed about. And a lot of protocol, a lot of law, a lot of understanding the process. And it comes from a lot of experience and a lot of failure. Yes. So, and you know, to be a great lawyer to take takes years. But I think more, more than anything, it takes having read. Yeah, I can see that. And retaining it. And retaining it. And, and I think one of the issues we have with a lot of the discussions we have in politics is nobody's reading anything. The indictments. <laughs> Donald Trump's Trump indictment. did not read anything. They had to put all of his briefings in a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> That's not what I heard. I heard Bro. he's always got a newspaper in front of him. <laughs> no, he was steady watching TV every day. He was steady watching Fox News and tweeting about... He was tweeting responses <laughs> about it. Bro, if you ever read his his tweets, they, they weren't... People would read back his tweets and they would just pronounce all the, the shit that he misspelled. If you read constantly, you don't misspell your tweets. You don't. You don't misspell. I, I don't know. I, I hear you. Yeah, man. But he was not... He's not an... All right, so Trump, he, is, he is just like us. Trump though. is a great producer. He was a great. He makes great productions. He knows how to make ratings. Yeah, he, the whole. He's amazing. The what? whole. Uh, uh, the best politician. The whole you've ever had. idea from Michael Moore when he made his documentary about the reason why Trump became a president. It was out of ego and jealousy of <laughs> Gwen Stefani making more money than him in a reality show. What? Yes. I never heard this one. Yes. It was a it was based on the fact that Gwen Stefani was making more than him doing American Idol than he was making the apprentice. So he ran and, for and president. So, so he ran for president. And the whole time that first presidential run, I knew I could see it like even when they elected him, he wasn't excited about he didn't want that. Yeah, job. I, 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 and feel then, like, I agree with you on that. He, he was like, "Oh shit, money. I won!" Exactly, and, and, and all then, the money was like that, like, and, and all the family was like that. Obama dogged him at that White House conference. I, th- yeah, I feel like that's dog- what. Oh, and then he wanted it, and then, then he the really next day, it. waited till the Apprentice came on and cut into the Apprentice to announce that he killed Bin Laden. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he. He ran for president after that. He was running for real. Yeah, he was running for real after that. <laughs> but, but it was a matter, he didn't even want it, though. Or he wanted it just to get out of whatever legal issues he was in. Dave Chappelle tells this joke where the president comes out, and, you know, he's talking about the free state of Taiwan, and then everybody's like, oh, you can't do that because Taiwan's not an independent nation. It's still part of this. And Dave Chappelle talks about going, ha, 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 you know, that president he can't even doesn't even know Taiwan's. And he said, and he gets home, he goes, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I think most of us treat Trump that same way. Like Trump misspells stuff. He's, but he's if most of us go man. through our emails, if we go through the stuff we texted to our friends, I agree. It's going to be just as ignorant. What's the difference right, between Donald Trump, his social media, and Barack Obama's? I can tell you the difference. Barack Obama doesn't handle his own social media. Yep. He's from. Trump, he's Trump Floyd Mayweather. His own. He shouldn't have, but he did. I, I respect him for it. 
Uh, and a lot honestly, of Americans I didn't. Did, I, I swear to God, I did not get on Twitter. It, it was until, obvious. In his, I did not get on Twitter until Donald Trump ran for president. I, I didn't have to. It was, it was shown on the late night show on, on all the unethical shit that he would say. And, all, and you know, it, I got to say, like, the one thing that Trump did for me... Trump brought me and my father closer together. <laughs> and, and it's crazy. I tell this to generation all the time. Eight. Because I would call my father about all the many, what was it, the, um, the issues and all the, 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 all the shit that every week there was something new on Trump <laughs> that he screwed up, that he, like, there was a new, um, what do they call it, um, he was a master of grabbing our attention. Yes, well, I it, agree. It, wasn't, it wasn't even that. It was more of the, the dumb shit he did. Man, like you know what? Grabbing off, our attention. Like, like paying off a porn star that he slept with. You know what? Front News line. has not been the same since Trump has left and office. And it's terrible. Like, I don't want to hear about Trump every day. We still are, though. But we still do. Yeah, most of this conversation has been about it. Yeah. The good part of this conversation was about it. We yeah. had a serious family issue, and we were all like, oh, I don't know how to say the next thing. But Trump brought us but together. But Trump, look at us. <laughs> and that's terrible for me. I, I think that's a terrible thing for this country. We, a lot of, the, uh, most of this, a big chunk of, I wouldn't say most, most of this, a good chunk of this country idolizes Trump. For some stupid reason, this guy is not moral. What? He's got very, he's got very little morals at all. That's all, one thing I love about Joe Biden. He's got a, a great moral compass. The guy's old and he's got a speech impairment. He's still sharp. He still knows how to do work politics too. Because he's a politician. He's a politician. He's been here forever. Nature. And and I've spoke. I've met uh, Joe Biden twice. The first time he came to my high school, I just wanted him to go away. The guy wouldn't stop talking. He was working Senate. I was working on a senior project, and he was holding me up. Just wanted him to go away. The second time I met him, he came off the train. He was still working Senate. He kissed my mother on the cheek, and he shook my hand. And he sat there and talked to us for a minute. And Already then he went, groping went people. Yep. <laughs> Did you ask for that kiss? That, she that was my mother. I can't speak on her. She's been deceased for many years. But, but I didn't mind it. And I was like, I want to say I was like 19, 20 years old. I didn't mind it because the guy was genuine. He was a sweetheart. He spoke to us. He wasn't disrespectful. He didn't have an entourage. He was a genuine guy. Man, I I hate to he tell you. He also wasn't worth a billion dollars. I hate to tell you, Trump is identical. You have seen, you have seen people go into Trump Tower and they go in, Bro, go up there, and we will give Trump the what for. Before Steve Harvey. He, oh, man. Steve Harvey went up there like, I'm going to go up and came down like, what the heck happened? Man. I'm like, I, think we're, I think we're best friends now, y'all. Yeah, I, I hear you. You guys are personable, too. I, I'm sure he's personable. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But, but, I before, think I'm on the cabinet now. But, but before, I even, before he ever ran, years ago, I remember hearing him about putting the, the little companies that worked for him out of business. I've heard about companies that put the windows in Trump's tower. He never paid them, and they went out of business. They declared bankruptcy. Yeah. So he is a crook. We love and, crooks. And, and, and we, I, you, you say what, we, you I don't what, love crooks. You remember what Richard Gere did in Pretty Woman? How quickly, how quickly we, we forgave that man? That was a movie. <laughs> it's still a character. But we lionize. We, we make these people into Trump, heroes. Trump wasn't a movie. He caused companies to go under. 
So does Walmart. But, and then in the end, and, and, yeah. even, and even in the beginning, and in the beginning of the Amazon. summer, we come to find out he's also a rapist. Hold on, who? He sexually assaulted E. Carroll, or he sexually yeah. did whatever. And, and people like look by that like that's nothing. I think, but I've, I've had close family members that have been raped. So that hits home to me. But that that is to a tell much, you the truth. That's that, a much bigger that was, issue. To tell you the truth, that was my mother. My mother has been raped. So what to know that that women? guy has been has raped. Uh, essentially, three women have claimed that to to have been raped by Donald Trump. That hits home to me. But you also have to understand this is a culture that was part of America. One in three women has been raped. So that, that's we're, a, we're I sitting here, four I can't of us. Give that a pass. Four of us. We have constantly given in the past. I've we never raped anyone. I don't know if you could recognize whether you have or have not. I that can. is part oh, of the problem. I no, can. men oh, well, can only yeah. think about rape. Explain. It, give them the instance. Men only think about okay. Well, simple words: use a spouse. So, been married. Um, my whole life, my whole life, I have never had sex I didn't want to have. Mm-hmm. I never, my I never wife, had sex that wasn't consensual. I've never had sex I didn't want to have. Mm-hmm. I was enthusiastic about every sex I've ever had. Of course. My wife can't say the same thing inside of our marriage. Mm-hmm. She's had sex with me when she didn't want to. But did she tell you no? Again, what you're talking about is still rape. If a woman has sex and never says no, that doesn't make it not rape. It doesn't. We had a culture that we've built in and we've trained women not to complain because they didn't say no. Because the only way men can imagine rape, the only way I could ever imagine being raped is if someone physically overpowers yeah. me. I can't imagine being put in a situation where I'm then afraid of being physically overpowered or yeah. being neglected or left somewhere. And, and there are men that have been in that situation. If one in three women has been raped, more men than we are willing to admit and, and, have been and in that situation. I'll even say that well, that's out of pride some too. of the stuff mm-hmm. I did, like, that I, I think that was, you know, I'm being cool, being a player, uh, you know, Taking out the, the, the chairs I, in a I'm dorm like, room so a girl I, has to sit I'm on your bed. I'm the one that taught him that. Or even, you know, hey, you know, let's extend this night. Let's just go sit somewhere, you know, out secluded. Baby, it's cold outside. No, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, reevaluating, you know, those choices I've made, taking somewhere secluded. Did I put her in a situation where she felt like she had to do something with like me in order, in order to get home? Uh, it's, it's crazy. Is, we can't just blame Donald Trump for this rape culture. We I, also, I don't. We have to recognize. But I look at his character. America. I look at his character. I look at his morals. And if you don't and, see and there America are, when there are several women that, character and morals. When there, there are several women that have claimed rape of Donald Trump, then that just speaks on his character. And we and a lot of this country just sees past that. Like it's it's not a big deal. I think we see past that because rape is something so horrible. We'd rather pretend it doesn't exist. But I, I can't I can't see past that. But then I think you're going to have to really re-examine how rapes happen. If you're going to get past it, we really have to look at the culture. One of the things I remember after Mike Tyson got in trouble was the statement that was thrown around a lot, and I even agreed with it. What did she think was going to happen when she went up there with, mm-hmm. with Mike Tyson? 
Right now, I absolutely love Mike Tyson. Everything he does, I think, is hilarious. I love this cartoon. If Mike Tyson came in and was like, hey, I got punch out upstairs. You want to go upstairs and play? <laughs> I would be like, heck yes. Yeah. What time because is it? Because at Midnight? no point, at no point would anybody ever look at me and go, well, what did you think was going to happen when you went up there with Mike Tyson? <laughs> at midnight. It's not something I thought I we was playing punch out. out. I thought we were going to play punch out. <laughs> That kind of pressure, that thought that women had to have where they had to think three steps ahead is not something men have ever had to deal with. And we've taught women that that's not rape. I can't, I can't see past it. I, I, don't think, I don't think you and have I don't, to, I don't think but I think we should. have to recognize that that rape culture is not isolated okay. with Donald Trump. So on top of, on top of that, and mm-hmm. the other 94 indict, uh, felonies that he's being indicted for, I, like I said, only two things bother me about Donald Trump when it comes to his politician politics. COVID. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we forgive him for that. that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. tough. And then we have an election that Americans say was invalid. Mm-hmm. And the man had four years. It's not like he, he claimed it was going to be fraudulent from the very beginning. From the first week from, he from, was in office. From the very first week. I got elected, y'all. Yeah. I won, but it was kind of shady. <laughs> well, in four I mean, years, he, it's going to be real shady. He asked other countries to investigate his opponents. He closed the commission on voter fraud six yeah. months before the election. That's insane. Yeah. It is. It's insane. But that's the only thing. If you're, if you're talking to a Trump supporter, I think that's the only thing you can bring up. That's not the only thing you can bring up. If you want them to listen, I think it is. <laughs> well, I mean that to me that's Sean, you that's got pretty quiet. Ignorant. Yeah. Are you done with Trump? Because you're like now. We also will say yeah, that I think, we're I think we can all agree I though. If he is go. convicted of, uh, you know, rape, it's already <laughs> been established. He owes her. X amount of money. I what think was it's it? Still like, uh, some other I money. Think still win too. And, and, it, uh, and it wasn't that he was convicted on that. He was convicted on li- on uh, slander or libel. Yeah, I think. So was like, he actually convicted of rape? He, he owes her millions he, of but dollars. There was a settlement, I believe. There was a settlement. It wasn't was he convicted of rape? He was convicted of sexual assault. But it wasn't sexual assault. What? It, was, it was libel of sexual assault <laughs> or or slander of sexual assault. One or the other. It was what he said. So it was it was slander. <laughs> right? Slander that bad boy. Versus libel. Libel's written, mm-hmm. right? So it's slander. He was convicted of slander of sexual assault. Yeah. But but it is. If you look at that in a deeper light, it was rape. But here's because the only reason it wasn't rape. He was now, convicted of rape. Okay, it's because uh, of the timestamp of when it happened. Now, I'm gonna throw, throw one more scary thing out. Why I think Donald Trump has a great chance. Of a lot of people think he has got a great uh, chance. I, of winning. I think you might think this afterwards. Is we there's no such thing as bad press. I don't think as that's much as you've gotten out here and talked passionately about Donald Trump. You met Joe Biden twice, and you can't speak as passionately. I love, I love, I love, I, I can't say, like, it hurts him. <laughs> like, it, Joe Biden is not bringing Joe, you and your dad so, together. So, uh, I know, but, but I, I don't love that about Trump. I say Trump contributed to that. Not to say that it, it could have been any politician that would have brought me and my, me and my father found. And it, it wasn't even, it was all of the scandals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more of a, a soap opera. Jeb, would, Jeb wouldn't bring your father together. Nope. <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz might have. No. Ted Cruz went to Cancun while, while freaking Texas Poor was. Ted Cruz. I'm sorry. 
I, I through a blizzard. I, I mean, the man's name is Cruz. You just expected him to stay yeah. put. This is Texas. I'm sorry. DeSantis is worse than Trump to me. Oh, DeSantis. Because DeSantis. DeSanctimonious. Because he's smart. Um, Because he's an intelligent guy. And he's got credentials. He doesn't have fraud. He doesn't have a, a laundry list of scandals by him. I think but Trump Trump looks out for coverage. numero uno. Yeah, he doesn't have 24 news coverage. We know Trump looks out for numero uno. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, with his family. DeSantis, he can't do that. Um, he's trying too hard to please that Trump audience. That he's... He's doing some dangerous stuff. I, I think they're going to vote. So, yes. so I, I think when it comes down to it, it's going to be Chris Christie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you guys laugh. But he's yes, the only one man, that's I'm like, sorry. You're that, too that's far beating up, north, up on Trump. I know, I know, man. Christie, people don't like Christie. Uh, uh, nobody up, up, up north likes Chris Christie, but he's the only one intelligent enough to like actually fight the fact that Trump is a criminal. Okay. So and, he, sa- he, sounds like, he sounds like Bernie been, Sanders. And he's an, uh, a politician as well. Okay. So, like, I, I feel like this country needs to get away from the idea that... Uh, no, I mean, I agree, but the majority probably don't agree. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to because I feel like Trump is disqualified. People, yeah. And, and, and the, where and, where and is no Christie in, in the polls? He's like he's like 10th. Maybe so. It, who's the other woman that's running as well? Nikki Haley. Yeah, she's I like got, Nikki Haley. She's doing really good. Mm-hmm. Why do you like Christie? Nikki Haley. I like Nikki Haley because of how she handled the race issues in her state. I like that she's a what state second, is she even from? South Carolina. South Carolina. All right. Mm-hmm. So she, she got she, the Confederate flag pulled she's, down. Was she's very got a good chance issues. too. I would like to see. That's my dream ticket. Is Nikki Haley? Would you vote for her? As if she had, um, oh man, what's his name? The, uh, Yang. Yang. And if she pulled Andrew Yang in as the vice president. Mm, yes. Not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. I can dream. I can dream. I can though. dream about it. Oh, <laughs> but it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because I, I think the guarantee. My, my dream would be. Man, it's a requirement. If, if Biden would, would say he would step down, he would not run again. Mm-hmm. It would be. My dream would be Better Rourke and uh, Newsom from California. Which one's better? Gavin Newsom? Better Rourke didn't make, he didn't, he lost his race in in Texas, but he should have won it. Newsom's going to be, Newsom's going to be our next, next president. Yeah. He's not going to get, he's a beast. But uh, but he would be excellent. Donald Trump's going to get three terms. Oh, I'm calling it now. Whoa, uh, that's I hope not. One of them from Jay. You know that, that brings so many. <laughs> I hope Trump brings so many liberals anxiety. Because yeah. like it was such a snowflakes. It was it was it was such a like a, it was it was a scandal. Every it was embarrassment to this country. So like the liberals do not like Trump being our president. Oh, it was, wow. it was such yeah. an embarrassment. Saying that and is like whole, saying people don't like soap operas. People either admit to liking soap operas. People either admit to liking soap operas, don't admit to liking soap operas, or don't watch them. Mm-hmm. I don't. Li- I don't like him, and I don't watch him. Yeah. You don't watch him. If you started watching him, you'd like him. I don't think so. Sean, I've, I've you can attest to that. Do you like soap operas? We got oh, hooked on one for like what? They catch you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't go very far in the story every day, but they leave you with. They leave you right. next time. Donald Trump was a soap opera. Yeah, he definitely was. A People soap either opera. like him and will admit they like him, 
won't admit they like him or don't mess with him. Yeah. That's it. I'm a, I'm the way he went through 16 Republican candidates in the first election, and the way he's not this even showing up for debate and still dominating on his second run, that's what's going to give Biden a... Biden has a really good opportunity. Biden right now, I think, is our best bet for a candidate. As much as we dislike him, I now, think he's now you said there's a way that, that you said there's a way that, that Biden can beat Trump. Yes. <laughs> Have you heard this? Well, one, number one is um, student loan repayments. Yes. So right now we're all yep. starting to get hit back with student loan repayments. Yep. So we got two candidates. Donald Trump is out front. I mean Biden is out front going, hey. We want these things canceled. We want y'all not to pay that back. So pretty soon there's going to be a whole lot of voters who will be hit with maybe five to six months worth of student loan repayments right before an election and one candidate pushing that. Did Biden you guys start paying yours back? So there was a yeah. government application where you can sign up and still postpone your loan payments. I did that. I'm not paying my two loans right you're now. You're going to, chances are. So you're hoping that. Within the next four months. I know. Months, I, I should have started this month with, in October 1st. You're probably going to start within not. the next four to six months. Maybe so. And that, that's, I think that's the plan. Is the Democrat plan is to force people to start paying those student loan payments and push you guys to the polls. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be voting for Trump. I know that. That's there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot of people <laughs> yeah. who would not be voting, but and then are gonna get hit with a three hundred dollar a month bill. Yes, for six months, and all of a sudden they're gonna get motivated to get to the polls. Yes. So I think that's the that's the big thing Biden has going for him. And the second thing is Biden actually knows policy. Yes. So if they get into an actual debate and. Trump says something like, we're going to build a wall. I think Biden can look at him and say, well, how long is the border? Well, he's already, you know, at the, <laughs> how, how many Biden, miles is the border? Biden, Biden Donald had, Trump. Biden already added. Malarkey. Malarkey. <laughs> you already, know the border is 3,000 miles. And I know that he, that's, Donald Trump doesn't know any policy. Yeah. He doesn't, he can't name he the three legs of the nuclear triad. He doesn't care about that because that doesn't get anyone elected normally. But it can embarrass him in, an, in a debate. His voters don't care. He doesn't His want to vote. There are middle. There are a lot of neutral voters that just dislike politicians. Mm-hmm. Yes. And voting for for Donald Trump is an fu to politicians. Yes. But they're not going to vote for somebody who can't do the job. Now I, I am surprised. Um, the, uh, the the podcast that we went on that they actually think that Michelle Obama is going to run. She would be the best. Oh candidate. gosh, She'd man, I'd awesome. vote for her in a heartbeat. She would kill it. She, She'd be she's awesome. smarter than Obama. Than yeah. Barack. Yeah. yeah. You know how you can tell she's smarter? She's never run for president. Well, yeah. <laughs> but she said she never would, too. Oh, I, I believe her. Yeah. It's a crazy thing to do. It's a crazy thing to it do. It is a crazy thing I to don't, do. I don't think it is a crazy thing to do just because. So we just have to wait for Sasha you, and you Malia. You look at the pack money that's that's involved. Listen. I mean, if you're out for the money, and not to say that the Obamas aren't millionaires, they made millions off the books. <sighs> and all the. the, the Talks they've uh, been hired to give and <laughs> wherever they're making millions. They, look, I don't know if it's worth it. You know, when you become president, if you fly to a foreign country, you have to poop in a bag really? and hand it to somebody. I did not because they don't want foreign countries to analyze the president's stool to see whether he's healthy or not. Wow! Like the amount that you lose becoming a president is crazy. And then right off the bat, half of America hates you. That's a bag of shit. It is. I mean, that's <laughs> what the president gets. <laughs> like, we do some terrible. It's not worth it for most Americans. I would never want to be so interesting that people would want to analyze my poop. 
you, you have to be a special kind of person. Mm. I have to pay to get that done. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to have to pay to get it done yeah. pretty soon, too. I got to get a clock. Oh, man. It's, I don't know. Being, being president seems terrible to me. I can't, I can't imagine why anybody would want the job. Can we get back on uh, Cindy for a minute? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cindy was a... Uh, so, so my thing about Cindy, I love my, my, my cousin. And, uh, it, her voice is just stuck in my head. Because <laughs> she had that, that twang. That southern female twang. That was Do you just, remember her saying anything specific? Just her saying my name was just enough. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> she was the first first of our cousins I remember who had a job. I'm, I'm gonna. I've been here for. I've been here for two days, between Friday and Saturday. I'm gonna go back with a southern a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna borrow it? I, it always happens. <laughs> it always. I'm y'all. I'm always. I always do it. Going back. I'm not. I can't do it on purpose, <laughs> but they're gonna hear it out of me as soon as. And I, I. So I drive Lyft, and I come across thousands of people. Uh, I will pick up. If I work tomorrow night, I will pick up, literally, fifty people in my car. Tomorrow night, mm. it, whether it's even if it's twenty rides, it'll still be more. It'll be like thirty to fifty people. All right, I have been a Lyft rider before. Yes. How? What can I do as a Lyft rider that you go, man? That was a cool customer. A tip would be great. Okay. That's a that's like the basic thing. But like I've met people, like I, I can say that one of the coolest people I met the other night was just a very like humble dude he was a dude he was straight up he was a white guy he just got off work he was happy to be alive he was excited to get home because his wife made him dinner you know and I was like man I could dig that man I, I could appreciate that you're going home to a plate of food I didn't even know what it was till I, I, I talked to him for a while. He was happy. He was happy about living in, in, in Philadelphia. I was in Philadelphia. He was happy that his family had come the week before and saw him. And in the end of the ride, I asked him, I'm like, hey, man, what'd, you, what'd your wife make you, man? He was like, she, make me a, she made me a, a chicken Caesar salad. It's like not even making food though. It's like making a salad, chopping up a little bit of chicken out of like, you know, like a rotisserie or air fryer or something and just tossing it in a salad. Ain't nothing to it. I could make that in 10 minutes. But like, he was just excited just to like, just had this energy about him. He was just happy and content. He got through a 10 hour shift and he was just a a really happy and nice guy. Hmm. And I could appreciate that. I do love picking up people on dates that are just going through it for the first couple times. I love picking up those people. I try to give them a lot of advice. You know, I, I give them, I give them topics to speak about. Okay. Because because I, I I enjoyed that aspect of my own life. I enjoyed meeting my wife. I enjoyed finding what her values were. Okay. I I enjoyed. Uh, seeing what their interests were, what they were both into. I enjoyed, you know, 
seeing if they were down to like hook up that first night or if it was a possibility. <laughs> oh, now you get yeah, nosy. Okay. Oh, oh, sure, for sure. So you appreciate the conversation. Oh, I, I love talking to people. So you don't like the people who just throw the AirPods I don't on. mind those people too. As long as they're not too loud about it, because I can sometimes hear their music and that's annoying. I cannot stand people that FaceTime other people or speak uh, on a speakerphone in my car. Uh, well, I got music going and I'm just trying to concentrate on getting there. I do not want to hear their conversation between two people, whereas one is not in my vehicle. Right. Now, I don't mind if two people are talking to my vehicle. Mm. It's fine. I'll turn the music down for them. But when somebody's on the phone, I might turn it up a notch. <laughs> All right, now I consider myself a little bit of a newlywed still. What? So I don't know how. You said newlywed? Newlywed. Like Bro. we still we still get to know each other. So the question is You've been married the longest. Like fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. See? Yeah. Still still fresh out that's, the package. That's great. You know? So what kind of questions should I ask my wife? If you're just getting to yeah, know her. Just <laughs> getting to know her. Oh, I mean, and, and um, you know what? I, I, I give a lot of credit to premarital counseling. So uh, where where do your values lie? What are your expectations of a spouse, whether you're a husband or a wife? What do you expect from that other person? Um, I think that one. What I expect your, my chicken are, Caesar salad are, to be ready when I get home. <laughs> you guys know each other's kinks. Chicken better be fresh out the air. Are, are you down for each other's right. kinks? Hold on, wait a minute. The first, first one was date. good. The values. The values. Yep. What do you value? I value. I'm, I'm go I value around, God first. Okay. Now that I've learned this, because it's taken me to the age of like 39, 40 to to really learn this stuff. But I value uh, God first, then my wife, then my children, and then uh, security. For my wife and my children, okay. whether that's financial or physical security, and it's not that I would ever—I've—I've I've never owned a, a, a firearm. I've never felt like I've needed to, um, but I do understand the value of security in general. Okay, like I've learned that from a previous marriage where I just forgot to lock the front door, you know, and I've done that enough times to be like. To see where that woman would be like, all right, I don't feel secure in this household. And that shit will make a woman, like, really disconnect from you. Hmm. Ooh, that's heavy. I forget to lock the door. I do too, man. Yeah, lock that damn door. Lock the door. Because women don't see, men don't don't see that as a problem. We'll handle our business. We'll, yeah. we'll mess somebody up. They come into our home. A woman does not see that the same in the same light. I sometimes forget to close the door. Close that damn door. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You listen, are also hey, listen, in a different community I told you, than hey, I am. Newlywed, I think this is valuable advice. Oh, Miss I, I need to I need to do go one step further and make sure. Okay. I, I can take this. All right, Sean. What do you value? Uh I value new experiences and um, just sharing kindness. Like uh, my personal belief on God is that he inhabits everything that's living. And so there's a piece of God in everybody and if you can see that and respect that, you can help bring that best part of somebody out. Um, that said, I probably fault quite a bit in that <laughs> idea of bringing security because I don't think we lock anything in our house. Yeah, this, um, is, this is a good. I keep saying it's because we don't own anything worth not I say taking. The same thing. But I don't. I don't keep in respect the idea that family. You know, is, is, oh, there are dangers worth, just yeah, to. It's worth locking in. Um, when I have gotten in trouble for not being uh, aggressive enough. 
when things have gotten to a level of like the, the security of the moment is not priority um, and I, my good friends him and his wife have had big fights when he goes out to the shed and didn't close the door um, so I, I, I respect that advice and uh, I know that's something I, I need to work on alright alright yeah Brian what do you value um I value family time um I, and, and I guess a lot of time I want a stress-free environment. Um, I feel like I should have that at home. So, like, I think that's where me and my wife differ. Uh, you know, she'll go to work and she'll be stressed and she'll bring that home. <laughs> where me, you know, I go to work and I'm stressed I'm like, shit, I'm home. I don't have to deal with that shit. Um, And I think that's the hardest thing to learn, like being married, is how to handle each other's stress. Because even even I think uh, when I escape my stress, um, I'm pushing it off on my wife, and I don't realize I'm doing it in a passive way. Because it's almost like... I don't want to be bothered. And I didn't realize I was doing it and probably till like five years ago. My wife brought it to my attention. She's like, you know, I can tell when you're stressed. You know, you think you're doing a good job by just, you know, getting into this bubble of, you know, stress-free environment. But you're, you're really, you're pushing everybody else away. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess also learning stuff like that from my spouse. Um, I like that my wife is able to uh, call my bullshit and and and, <laughs> and you know bring it to my attention. I, although there are times when I don't want to hear it. Yes, that's. I think that's the hardest yes. because I respect it, but also at the same time it's like, motherfucker, I don't want you telling me this. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I'll never say that to my wife ever. <laughs> I, I'll say it in my head. I've learned to curse in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish that she would learn how to do that. Um. But yeah, I, I respect uh, marriage, and and I I know that it is a constant learning process. Uh, even our parents, you know, they have been married for what almost 40, 50 years. Fifty years. It has to be because yeah, yeah. Um, damn, I am forty one years old. Eesh. So yeah, uh, it's a, it's a constant learning experience. I don't think I had ever heard my parents argue growing up. Um, <laughs> I hadn't. Uh, I didn't hear them disagree. I, I didn't really hear them disagree <laughs> until we got, till I got married. And then it's like, uh, shoot, man, you old enough to see this? <laughs> you old enough to peek behind the curtain? So, yeah, I, 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 I like the fact that I'm learning that marriage is a, a constantly, constant learning experience. It's evolving for sure. It is. Okay. It's beautiful. All right. What do you think, Darnell? Uh, I think you know, I, I think this will probably explain a lot of, of even my our relationship. I think I value one love, and back to the idea of faith that God is love, and yes. we see God and how that love is expressed, and then pushback. Uh, I, I value being challenged. Mm-hmm. Like if, if something's a good idea, I should be able to do that good idea, even if people say no. And I think I. Definitely got a wife who push back. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I know a young lady that's going through a, a hard time with her own marriage. 
She she even told me like when she got married, she wanted to run away. In her wedding, her mother wouldn't let her. She wanted to run away, and her husband never challenges her. He always folds like a deck of cards. And she doesn't respect it. She does not respect. She's too strong of a woman to respect it. So I can see that. I was in a relationship. Is, like their that. marriage is almost doomed. My mm. wife offered a divorce every year for the first two years. <laughs> I think I think like Marianne. <laughs> Marianne. Um, this is your wife. She does not believe in divorce so much as. Uh, um, she knows things need to change in our own household. And I, I am one, like, if, if someone is like, I can't do this, if I if I hear that as somebody, I have, all right, I, I, I have developed this idea in my head to, all right, uh, I gotta make a plan, I gotta, I gotta make an exit, exit uh, plan to do what I have to do. But then she'll say something like that, and it, it, I take it as I, I misconstrued whatever she's trying to communicate to me. I just get irritated and salty, and uh, it takes a minute. It, it used to be that, I and mean, that happened one time, and it was extreme for me. I mean, for days I was angry, and my children saw it, and I didn't want them to. I had to apologize to them. But um, I realize now, you know, we do need help. And there's never a, a point where I shouldn't reach out to somebody else and be like, all right, this is what's happened in my marriage. I need a unbiased third party voice mm. to reason with whatever is the correct answer for this. Yeah. But also with that, you have to be careful um, because I feel like women who don't have the best intentions can almost sense that on you like oh I can sense you know you might have some unhappiness in your marriage tell me about it and oh, well, be that, careful that's that, that, that's women bro <laughs> you gotta go for someone a professional yeah well, that, well that's what I'm saying it's like you you there are appropriate outlets that you can yes, utilize. You need appropriate outlets, and and not just not like, always the first one that because yeah. <laughs> they are out there. Yes, um, they are on the prowl. All right. And I will say that what's helped me with my marriage is talk like this, talking to other people who are married. Yes. Um, and then also I realized that. Not everybody's marriage is like mine. Like Darnell's. Like your solutions ain't gonna work with my marriage. I we have different wives. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, because I got a I got a beautiful piece of advice uh, on how to navigate my wife. And uh I was not cool enough to pull off that solution. Boy, I, <laughs> I wouldn't try that thing and she called me on it immediately. I was like, man. You can't use everybody's advice because nope. I ain't got the swag. <laughs> Bro, it can't, it can't be a trick. It can't be. It has to be authentic. It, yes. it's, it's not even so much that. It's, it's got to be straight up. Like, look, we have problems. We have this problem. We have these problems. And we need help. It, it can't be advice you get from your barber to try to resolve something. Because she's going to be like, where did you hear this from? 
And you're going to be like, well, you know, my man at the barbershop. No, that's not going to fly. That's not going to work. You talking about your relationship at the barbershop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Bro. And it's worse to talk about the relationship in these microphones and then pump it out on the air? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I ain't sharing no instances yeah, on here. for sure. <laughs> and I, I do adore my wife, for the record. I do. <laughs> I need to probably go home and, and thank my wife because I don't do it enough. Um, I think a lot of times it's more of an expectation. <laughs> Coming home smelling like cigar and beer. <laughs> baby, I love you. I, perfect I just, time. I know perfect I don't tell you enough. enough. Tell my baby, hey, <laughs> I didn't mean to leave you at the funeral. <laughs> Uh, I knew I had a role and I you didn't uh, in this yes <laughs> but uh, I should have looked out for you so that, that would, that's exactly what I'm in trouble for too <laughs> yes so I, I need to make a distinction in the mics that this was two issues <laughs> and I would say a lot of times it's you two who get me in that trouble because when you two get a lot get come around and I will say my wife is getting better at realizing that I do this is when you all come around I just totally neglect my wife uh, <laughs> it's like oh my brother's in line gotta go babe <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I don't see this. You got to go, babe. When I, when I was working next to a police officer, he was teaching a class on criminal justice. I was teaching my class, and one day his students were talking about lockdown drills, and they said, "Hey, you're a policeman. Can you protect us if some something goes bad?" He says, "Certainly, I'll protect you if you can keep up." But <laughs> I feel like that's what's happening. Usually, I don't have any actions like desire for my wife not to be part. But when we start moving at 100 miles per hour, she's got to like hike her skirt up and run. Like, you were invited to be here. No, We're moving, man. We're in this. I don't know you're doing it wrong. I mean, I realize you're doing it wrong, but it's the way I do it. Like I said, what I value, I got the hiccups. She's God first. And then my wife. My, my brothers, my cousins, they come they're like fourth or fifth in the line. Because then it's my children. My, my, my God, my wife, my children. Then it's everyone else. Is your relationship with God a personal relationship? Most definitely. I have discussions. Do you feel you make your choices based on that personal relationship? I, I try to. If you were making a personal choice based on a relationship with God, and it's not in line with your wife, what do you do? I discuss it. You said there's a silence. It's creeping in darkness. But why look for answers when there's nothing to prove? Give me a savior. It takes me away. Give me a blanket and a space for my head When time descends like an old stage curtain On the back of my eyelids I'll be in a place instead
Stage curtain on the back of my eyelids I 